0: Welcome back for another video. I asked for all your unpopular FPL opinions for this season, so we're gonna have a look at your responses and we're gonna discuss and maybe debunk some of them. If you've got a hot FPL take chuck it in the comments below, I'll be giving my personal opinion on these takes and you might disagree, let's get into it. FPL Kimki Boots says Haaland will not be the highest point scorer in FPL this season. This one's interesting, despite smashing the Golden Boot record, his 272 points was actually only 9 clear of Kane though Kane obviously potentially on his way out of Spurs, there is certainly others who could be in with a shout, what if Liverpool get back to their absolute best? I would say Salah could absolutely do it, or if Saka's trajectory continues perhaps he can as well, maybe it's someone else entirely. Certainly unpopular but this one's got legs. On the subject of Salah, FPL Bateman says Salah's essential for our teams in week one You could argue that no one's essential in FPL, even Haaland. That said I do recall last season about 10 game weeks in, there was only a few managers in the top 100k that hadn't owned him all season, so that underlines what you're up against mathematically. I'm going to throw in this one from Javier as well, who says that Haaland isn't essential. So going without him is obviously a huge early risk, you're playing against the field every week in FPL, and if he does start well, at 85% plus ownership you could be left in the dust. Salah, I'll argue, absolutely isn't essential. This is how my team currently looks. Obviously, there's so much you can do if you don't have Salah, and you can load up on good value mids in that 6.5 to 9mm bracket. However, being able to captain Salah in Gaming 2 is a very nice edge home to Bournemouth, but I'm going to shut this one down. FPL Fella says less chips would make FPL better. So, you might not know this, but chips were actually added to FPL ahead of the 15 16 season. And at the time there was an all out attack chip which let you play a 2-5-3 formation, this was later replaced with the free hit, so FPL's actually existed for longer without chips than it has with. This one I'd say is down to preference, a more engaged manager might prefer a chipless game cause it would reward good planning. I personally don't mind the chips, even if they do add a lot of variance which can go either way. Double chips has even been suggested before, which would be one of every chip for each half of the season, one idea that I've thrown out is that we could create multiple teams but they don't log a rank and then these could be used to join games like a chipless league or an anti-FPL set and forget etc. Let us know your thoughts and chips below. Inter says Nunez at 7.5mm is a good choice. I agree in the sense that when he plays he's a good choice but Liverpool's front three so up in the air. Salah starts on the right wing obviously and the other 4 spots are going to be shared between Diaz, Jota, Gakpo and Darwin. I do fully expect him to have some double digit game weeks, followed by some blanks and one pointers off the bench. Hard to justify when you've got the likes of Matoma and Nbumo, and even Eze for one mil cheaper. Nunez is Liverpool's most uniformed player in pre season, which is an interesting one, so perhaps this is his season. I can't see myself going into game week one with him though. Love this next one from Corey Tenek. Bench boost is viable for the first game week. So I've seen this experimented on before to varying degrees of success and failure. It's not something I'll ever do, but I'll play devil's advocate here. I've thrown together a potential Gambit 1 bench boost team here, so let's entertain the idea. Don't read too much into the team as this was a 30 second draft. But the bench boost is generally best used after a wild card, because it means you can prepare the optimal bench for it, so to speak. So Gambit 1 is essentially like you're on a wild card. Using it in game week one does mean that on both wildcards later you can go cheaper on your bench, particularly your second one, which is when we generally use the bench boost. Instead, your starting eleven can be stacked, and therefore on paper should score more. It's a hard one to quantify. Clearly, the downside is that it's a single game week, and if for some reason anyone doesn't play, then you've wasted the chip. Later in the season, a double game week is the common time to bench boost because you at least get two game weeks for most of the players in your team. Nathan Bacon says Nkunku will score more points than Haaland. Alright, I'm going to shut this one straight down. Sorry, Nathan. The only world I see this happening is if Haaland gets injured. We're talking about the best striker in the world for the best attack in the Premier League. Certainly, Nkunku won't be near for goals. If he were to have a 20 goal, 20 assist sort of season, then perhaps he scores similarly. In the Bundesliga he had 47 goals and 43 assists and 119 appearances, so a similar goal and assist ratio but nowhere near the goals per game ratio, I just can't see it. I'm curious to hear your percent for the next one, FPL lucky dog says FPL's 80% luck, so if you were to split it into luck and skill percentages what would yours be? It goes about saying there's a lot of luck in FPL. The season I was in number one I've always openly admitted that it was the luckiest run I'll ever have in FPL. 80% luck I would argue is too high though. Many managers are able to hit consistently top finishes. Let's take Fabio Borges as an example, who is number one in Scouts Hall of Fame. His rank history is consistently elite. If I were to put percentages on it I'll go for 70% skill, 30% luck. What do you think? Julian says Foden will bag over 200 points this season. So for this one I'm going to refer to a thread from Alex MCFZ who knows Man City more than pretty much anyone. He wrote a great piece on Foden, and he does fancy him to have his best season yet. He wrote a piece on Haaland before Gemmi won last season as well, and he was actually very accurate on his output. So he's ballparked 2500 minutes for Foden this season, and using his 22-23 stats, he said that will put him at 15 goals and 8 assists. So let's do some rough maths on it, let's say 25 starts for 2 points, 15 goals times 5 points per goal, and then 8 assists times 3 points per assist and then we'll give him a further 10 points from let's say 10 clean sheets. And let's give a low estimate that he matches his 15 bonus points from last season. That would put him at 174 points for the season, which would be an excellent return for 75 mil, and potential to push that even higher. In preseason he's been playing the Gundogan role. There's clearly more of a route into the team for him, and there's also potential to play in left wing and right wing, particularly with Mahrez departing. So I'm going to estimate he falls slightly short of 200 points, but he has his best season yet. Interesting one from FPL Eric next. Acting early on transfers is more plus EV than waiting. So I'll explain what he means here. Most managers will wait as late as possible before making transfers because then you have the most possible information available to you. Of course when there's big price swings then many move early on their transfers. Others move early regardless even for the sake of 0one mil. The idea is that later in the season you have more money in the bank which means more EV, EV meaning expected value. So to simplify it more team value is more points. Not always the case but more team value does generally yield more EV. Personally whenever I can help it I wait. I've moved early in the past and then later regretted it when something's changed but I can see the argument for moving early. Jerry says content creators are the reason for everyone having the same team. I don't mind including this one and always receptive to feedback. I do see this one once in a while and one thing I do have to point out is that US subscribers is a pretty small fraction of the overall player base. This season there should be over 12 million managers, meanwhile a good video might get 50,000 views. So as a ballpark that's what, 0.4% and those of you that watch content will come to your own conclusions either way, I'm not right 100% of the time either, no one is. I also think the template is easy enough for anyone to arrive at independently, I've got a friend who's trying FPL for the first time this season and they've built a squad that's very template with no help from me at all. This season certainly is pretty easy to stack your team with many of last season's top scorers. Stonk says, some Norwegian lad scores 30 goals. Last season, Erdegaard scored 15 goals from 9.75 xG, which is a significant overperformance. To do double that is incredibly unlikely. I can't see this one happening, unless there's another Norwegian he's referring to. All right, one or two more. Greenback Soccer says, you should be able to play any formation and get any players, as long as you're within your budget, for 15. Fun fact, when FPL first launched, you could play any formation, 253 and even 550 five, were allowed. I'm not keen on this one though, in the sense that it is a football game, so it makes sense for actual football formations to be the rules, in the same sense you wouldn't line up with 253 on FIFA. FPL Useless says Edison is a good idea. All right, let's entertain this one. I'm actually going to go on the record and say Edison's hate is too high right now. Last season, he was an incredibly frustrating pick. Those of you that follow me last season will remember the Edison and Kepper combo, which had an incredible fixture run and lots of doubles, and it did absolutely horribly. In the end, Edison was getting outscored consistently by Kepper, even in weeks where Edison had a double game week. Man City's 33 expected goals conceded was comfortably best in the league last season, so the defence is worth a looking. I've argued for other players like Sun in the sense that one bad season doesn't mean a player's finished and they can easily bounce back. I said the same about Rashford before Game week 1 last season. Edison's been a great asset in the past and there's certainly potential for him to be that again. Before last season, he averaged 155 points per season and in the 19 20 season, he did miss a bunch of games, bringing that average down. That's a reasonable return for 5.5 mil. That would have placed him just behind Allison and Pope last season. Nonetheless, he's not in my team. I enjoyed recording this one a lot. Let me know in the comments if you enjoyed it. Depending on the reception, I'll make this a seasonal thing. We're back with some more serious content next, so make sure you subscribe. See you soon for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.